Hello everyone, and welcome back to The Dub for another episode of The Walk This Way podcast. I'm Corbin, your host, and I'm here today with my friends Luke and Blake as we dive into one of the most hotly anticipated series on the Disney Plus platform. Whether you know the lyrics of Best of Both Worlds by heart or just love watching Pixar movies, this podcast is for you. So grab a chair, grab a coffee, and grab a movie because today we'll be sharing our take on season seven of The Clone Wars. Hey guys, and um, welcome to The Dub for episode two of the Walk This Way podcast. Today, I'm here, like I said earlier, I'm here with Luke and Blake. And so to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, um, here are a few questions that I want to ask both of you. First, we'll say, what's your favorite Pixar movie and what's your favorite Disney Plus original? So Luke, if you want to start us off and then we'll hear from Blake. All right. What's up, guys? So my name is Luke. Thanks for having me. Uh, my favorite Pixar movie is probably Finding Nemo. It's just, I don't know, it's just been, it's, it's my childhood favorite. You know, I, I grew up watching Finding Nemo all the time. And I feel like it's just one of those movies that for me, it doesn't have, doesn't have any loose ends. Um, I feel like everything in that movie happens for a reason and it's all, it's all connected in a great story. So Pixar is great, but for me, it's probably got to be Finding Nemo. My favorite Disney Plus original is probably it's probably the mandalorian but i saw the i've heard a lot of good things about the imagineering story and i want to i want to look that up and i want to watch that because it looks really cool and i've i've heard good things for sure so definitely yeah thanks all right blake what you got all right so my favorite pixar is probably gosh inside out probably if i just say good choice if not that up i don't know it's closer to those two but as that's those are pretty close. I didn't get a good choice, so inside out must be better. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I guess Mandalorian for me too on Disney Plus. I think that's kind of what we'd all say. Most people would say, at least for now. The the Marvel stuff isn't out yet, but we still got the Andor show coming out soon. So Yeah. And I did hear the other day, um it's kind of a side, that the Mandalorian season two is still on schedule. So October is, is gonna be a good month. So there we go. The one upside to 2020. <laughs> I know, right? We're all kind of <laughs> hanging out. And in my last Q&A episode, um, Randy S. asked, what princess is the most like Luke? So I've got a thought. Luke, what would you say? Gosh. Um, thanks, Randy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to be Flynn Rider and thus like Rapunzel. I don't know. I feel like I want to be adventurous and you know, resourceful, but also like friendly and caring. <laughs> but I, gosh, it's hard because I, I'm a male and not a princess. So <laughs> I know I was like, this question is so complicated. That's a tough question. I said Jasmine, um, just because I, I mean it's a girl, but they're all girls. So I said because she's like determined and self-assured, and so. Eh, that's kind of and we both have pet tigers right yeah absolutely <laughs> no, no, live in palaces no. all that good stuff <laughs> all right so let's hop right into today's topic of discussion so season seven of the clone wars is officially complete wahoo 
it ended on a good Star Wars day. Um, so yeah, we're going to kind of jump in and break down some of our favorite moments, some of our not so favorite moments of the season. Talk about the good show that it is. I mean, because Star Wars, The Clone Wars has always been such a good show. So let's first, I guess we could separate the seventh season into three main arcs. The first arc, we have the Bad Batch arc. So there's four episodes there. And then we have the four episodes, which many people are calling like uh, Ahsoka's walkabout is the terminology they're using for that. Um, And then the last one was obviously the Siege of Mandalore. That was like its own movie on its own kind of thing. So of the three arcs, which if you had to rank all the three arcs, which one was the best, which one was second best, and then which one was not quite the best for you this season? Mandalore is definitely number one. And they're going down, you know. I think we'd all agree with that. Yeah, I think we all agree it's Mandalore, Bad Batch, and then Ahsoka. Yeah. For the most part. I think most people, I'm not going to say the Ahsoka's walkabout episodes were bad. They just weren't, there wasn't much depth to them. I mean, we spent like one whole episode where they were in prison and then they got out of prison. Broke out of prison. And then they're back in prison. Right back in prison. Like it didn't accomplish, it felt like it didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. I think that was something I appreciated more about the Bad Batch episodes. Because I think you still had, even with with Rex, Anakin, and even Obi-Wan, I think you could still see some kind of depth into their character. I think I remember when, I think it was like the second or third episode, where Anakin kills Admiral Trench. Uh, I think I saw a lot of like yeah. this idea of like where he's acting in rage, or he's acting in qualities that people, or that you could say was not the Jedi way. And that, that kind of speaks into things that he does in episode three. I think that that was one of the best things that this series did for the characters is it adds more motivations. It adds more depth to their decisions. Uh, and I think that you can take some of those things from the show and kind of input them into the characters from the prequels. Like you can yeah. add those motivations to the prequel characters, yeah. which is kind of nice. Absolutely. I think one thing that is good about the Ahsoka art was that it really kind of like wrestled with what a Jedi is. The whole thing with the Martez sisters tragedy and all that. It was, they went and they saved lives. Yeah. But they also like destroyed a part of a city and did nothing about it. Did nothing about it. May the force be with you. Have a good day. Yeah. They just left them to, you know, by themselves. Yeah. That kind of paints Ahsoka in like the true Jedi thing where she, she's kind of what, the Jedi in the Clone Wars should have been. And then you get Anakin and he's kind of just having, of course, all these conflicts and things in his head. And I think it was interesting that in that arc, I think Rafa and Trace alluded to the idea that Luminara was the Jedi that basically told him that. And Ahsoka traveled with Luminara for a little while during the Cartoon Network show. So I think it's kind of interesting how like the person who's telling them this and that the person they're painting a bad picture of is someone who like Ahsoka was close to or had a had dealings with. I thought that was interesting too. It's, it's almost like we're we're bad mouthing your friend. Yeah. And I think too it kind of speaks to one kind of the teacher idea because so there was Luminara and then her apprentice Barris Afi. Barris. And this is something we can talk about too. All of us haven't seen all of the episodes of the Clone Wars like up to now. All the way through, no. And I believe Barris was the one who kind of betrayed Ahsoka in the end. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So I think it kind of highlights the different teachers. So you've got Anakin, who 
we could say, I guess, betrays the Jedi Order, whereas the Padawan is like doing okay. Whereas Luminara like stays to the Jedi and then Barris totally betrays Ahsoka and kind of leaves her where she is. So that's kind of an interesting contrast they make. I didn't think about that. What would you guys say is your top episode from each of the arcs? I think the hardest one is honestly the Siege of Mandalore because the last like four episodes were so good. But yeah, you guys have a favorite episode from the Bad Batch and then the Ahsoka arc and then the Siege of Mandalore? Bad Batch would probably be, goodness, either the first one or the last one of the Bad Batch. I don't know. So I guess the first one was what, when they showed up on that planet and then they basically yeah. saw the droids and saw what they were working with? Yeah. And then the last one was when they killed Admiral Trench and were getting out of there, getting off the planet. Yeah. Those are both really good episodes. I honestly enjoyed, and I rewatched part of this earlier today, I enjoyed um, episode two, A Distant Echo. That's the one with like, because we've got the Padme Anakin part. I liked that part. Oh, yeah. And then there's that whole sequence where, we'll talk about this in a second too, it ends with that reveal that Echo's in the, they go in the chamber where Echo is and he's like all connected to the machines or whatever. Yeah. Is when they kind of infiltrate the facility and go inside. There's a ton of like droid killing. I kind of liked that part of the episode. I do remember when we watched this specifically, the first fight sequence, they didn't have any music. Do you guys remember that? I do remember that. And we were like... It felt a little awkward. Yeah. I wonder, I guess, what the directorial motives were there. Is there any anything they were trying to get at in the fact that they didn't have any music? I don't know, because it wasn't like a somber moment either. It was just like, it was just them fighting. There was no undertones, or at least it didn't feel like there was any undertones. Yeah. Um, and because then when they have the fight sequence later in the episode, there's like the triumphant music and the whole oh, scene yeah. where the guy's like sliding on the ground, shooting up. Like, that's like one of the best shots of the whole season. <laughs> um, but I just wondered, that part always like struck me as odd in this episode. And I still think finding Echo for the first time was why I would say that episode two would be my favorite. Luke, do you have any favorite episode? No, yeah, I think um, Unfinished Business, the last one yeah. that Blake was talking about, that one has to be mine. I think partly because of the thing I mentioned earlier about Anakin and Admiral Trench, but also I like how they gave Obi-Wan and Mace Windu a chance to like join the story as well. And I think I appreciated the ending of how um, Echo decided to go with the Bad Batch. I thought that was kind of cool and kind of an emotional decision for him. Um, but I think it was cool how like he joins the squad of misfits because that's kind of what he is now. Yeah. Um, but yet like still didn't, you know, disres- want to disrespect his commander at all. I think for me, the only things I had or that I wish I had more of from the show was kind of a more of an explanation of what happened with them, uh, especially in regards to like Order 66. Like if they're defects, how does Order 66 affect them? But I, I realized that this was kind of a a callback they were doing to the original show where they wanted to include arcs with original concept ideas from the original show and so that they, they couldn't close every narrative hole. Yeah. But I I really liked all four of those shows or all the episodes for sure. Definitely. The biggest like insight we had into the mind of the clones was just with Rex at the end of the Siege of Mandalore. And I was honestly surprised how quickly he kind of got out of that like it was almost like order 66 i'm gonna kill you and then ahsoka's like no hold up and he's like okay i'm on team ahsoka now 
But I, I did like the one part at the end of that, and we're kind of skipping ahead here, at the end of the Siege of Mandalore, um, the final episode, when it's like Rex versus Jesse almost, and Jesse's like, you've been ordered to kill Ahsoka, you've got to do it. And he's like, but he's not a Jedi, all that stuff, like trying to defend Ahsoka. I, I kind of liked the differences that they showed there. But the rest of clones are kind of bodies, and that's kind of what they make them out to be in the prequels too. I kind of wish we would have seen more of that as well. So yeah, all right. The next arc would be the Ahsoka arc. Um, so which one of those episodes, and we're probably all going to have the same one, but which one of those episodes was your favorite from those? <laughs> Definitely the last one. I think we could all say that for sure. Yeah. Did you guys like appreciate that they included Maul so early? For, for me, I guess, in the last episode, I really liked the last episode. That's my, That was my favorite one of, or episode eight, the last episode of the Ahsoka arc. I felt like Maul and Bo-Katan were a little bit forced into the plot. Did you guys feel that way at all? Well, I, part of me feels like that was what they're kind of trying to balance, getting the narrative to where they wanted to be for the last four episodes, while also trying to include this one story that, that maybe was in like original concepts and stuff. Because I feel like showing where Ahsoka goes after she leaves, there needed to be three other steps not just the Rafa and Trey story, but also like three other places that she goes or maybe different things that she did outside of that. I don't know. I feel like there needed to be more of a story of how, how she gets to the, the end that she did by the end of her arc. And I felt like they kind of felt like they just had to rush it. And so that that's kind of why you feel like all these characters are introduced and they just kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. I feel like that transition could have been smoother if she has different transitions or different events or circumstances that she has to go through outside of Rafa and Trace. Yeah. Did you guys feel like she connected with Rafa and Trace all that much or they really had much of a deep conversation other than the one time they talked about like their parents dying? Or do you feel like it was more of they were placed in there to highlight what Ahsoka needs and what she wants? What did you guys think about that? I'd say to highlight what she needs and wants thing. I don't think, besides the one conversation, they weren't very three-dimensional, I guess, those characters weren't. They just basically had one goal, and then that goal shifted from get the stuff to get the stuff to leave and get the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all That's all they did the whole time. So, I don't know. That's just my two cents on it, though. I, did, I, I did not like their characters. Yeah, I didn't really connect with them a ton, either. Yeah, it does feel like they're in the episodes to kind of move the plot. They're not affected by things that's going on that they're not affecting Ahsoka and that Ahsoka isn't really affecting them. Like, I feel like even three episodes into the arc, I still don't feel like Ahsoka is very close to them. I feel like if something happens to Rafa and trace, the audience just wouldn't care. (laughs) Yeah. I I sure wouldn't. Like, like, like the, the emotional connection or even things like connected with them, I felt like wasn't very strong. But I mean, I think this goes back to what I was talking about earlier. I just feel like everything for the creators, they felt like they had to kind of rush everything to get to this beginning plot point for the last arc. And so they had to sacrifice some like character depth and like emotional attachment in order to put everyone in their place. And I think that the characters of Rafa and Trace are kind of like an indirect consequence of that. And that's why they didn't feel very deep. I think so too. I don't think they should have stayed. I think they should have been in the first episode. That's just like side characters. And then Ahsoka goes off and does her own thing for the other three episodes. Yeah. 
Yeah, or th- or there's like some kind of extra step that doesn't include them. Yeah, they were there for too long. Here's an interesting question too. Like, do you think that a 12 episode season for this kind of show was too short, or do you think if they'd had three arcs of Siege of Mandalore level material, that it would have been fine? If they had like six more episodes of that quality at the end, it would have been. I like the way it ended. I think it's fine, but yeah. I'm not going to turn down. But do you think in general that 12 episodes for a season of a 30-minute TV show is not enough? Or do you think if they had substituted uh, the first eight episodes with, I mean, even if you wanted to keep the Bad Batch, if you'd substituted the middle four with some like better quality episodes, I mean, because you could definitely tell a difference between the first two arcs and the yes. last one. So do you think if they had substituted the second arc with a Siege of Mandalore level episode? Like a Ventress story or something? If they did like a Ventress story... Because to me, it still feels a little short. I I think that'd be enough. I like the way... Look, I never loved the first eight episodes. I mean, I like I liked the first four. I like the first four a lot, and yeah. I don't like the second arc that much. But the last four saved the whole season, I guess. Like, yeah. even if the last season was just those four episodes, it'd still be worth it, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's... that's they could have released it as like a, a movie or something because yeah. that's almost what they did. They started off with a movie and they basically ended with a movie. So they Pretty could have much. just released it as that and it would have been really good still. I think for me, it just, it kind of goes back to what Blake was saying about Ventress. Just kind of, part of me wishes there were more episodes that could close certain plot points. Plot points that we still might have questions about from like the original show or story things that didn't connect as well from where season six ended to where like seven started. Yeah. I think if you'd taken a few more episodes in the middle to kind of close those things up, I think that would have been good, but I kind of, I mean, I don't mind how they stuck to a structure um, and tried to organize it into three different parts. Like, I, I don't think that was a bad idea. I just think that, for me, at least, there were certain plot points that I wanted, I wanted more from. But in terms of like getting characters to where they needed to be, when they needed to be there, it it did its job. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel that too. All right, so we're on to arc three of the Siege of Mandalore episodes. Or which one did you guys think was quote unquote the best episode of that arc? I can start if you want me to start. Yeah, you can. Okay, I loved all of them, obviously, but. I honestly think uh, episode 10, Phantom Apprentice, the Ahsoka Maul fight one, I honestly think I liked that one best of all of them. I felt like the tensions were good for, I think it showed what was before Order 66. I feel like sometimes when you watch, say, Revenge of the Sith, it's kind of the Jedi are doing okay, and then Order 66, and then everything is bad. But I feel like these first two episodes, and especially the second episode of the arc, kind of showed that it was kind of tense before Order 66 even happened. Like when Ahsoka like meets with some of the other Jedi, it's not just, hey, we're glad to have you back. It, it's kind of like, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, and we're not really sure what to do. I honestly think the Ahsoka Maul fight is what carries the episode. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. It's it's honestly un- unprecedented like animation stuff. To do motion capture, oh, yeah. Clone Wars animation is like insane. And then there's the whole fight on Mandalore with all the jetpack troopers just flying around and blazing each other with bullets. So that's why I would say episode 10 is my favorite. What about you guys? I'd probably say uh, 
Shattered 11, episode 11, is my favorite. I don't know. That's, uh, gosh. Because that's when it happens. Order 66 happens. And that definitely, yeah. I liked I liked how they did it. I think that was like a more original. Like it was, it wasn't very grand how they did it. I guess like you could say in a sense because it just showed it. It focused on one character's perspective of Order sixty six, which they haven't done a lot. And I thought that was interesting to see versus showing the entirety of the Jedi's downfall. It just focused on one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure if I could say Episode Nine, Old Friends Not Forgotten, is my favorite one. But I do want to. I want to comment on something that they did very well for me, and I think I saw it. I guess it came to light for me more when I started looking at the comments that were teasing the episode, like on YouTube. When I would look, like scroll through comments of how people were anticipating it, it was the part of the beginning where like the clones basically paint the Ahsoka pattern on their helmets, uh-huh. and how Anakin like emphasizes saying that like the clones are extremely loyal and things like that. I think one of the best things that episode nine did for the whole arc and for like the show as a whole is set the stakes. Because I think one of the things that hurt this episode or hurt this like last season was just this idea of like plot armor. Um, and, and we were talking about, and we were talking about this a little bit too, Corbin, how saying like, we know certain characters aren't going to die. Um, and yeah. that and that kind of stinks because it lowers the suspense for you. But I think one thing that they did well in playing the stakes was that basically showing that you know Order 66 is coming, but yet you don't know the events around it. Or you don't know, yeah. you know how, how these clones are going to turn on Ahsoka and how like they paint their helmets to show loyalty when we know that they're going to turn on them. And I think the episode 10 did great at raising stakes too, because they actually succeed in capturing Maul. So it's like, you, 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 you know, yeah. yeah, you know that order 66 is coming, but yet they have Maul in tow. Like Maul is with them on the ship. So I think just this idea of, you know, an event that's going to happen, but you don't know how that event affects like what's coming or their specific situation. Um, and I think that episode nine and 10 did a great job at setting stakes to where you can know that something will happen. And that even though you know that some people won't die, you're really interested to see how the events in the past of, will affect the present situation when like order 66 happens or when, you know, they're forced to fight each other, how that will pan out. I feel like, the first two episodes did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have on the notes next favorite episode of the season, but it's probably yeah, just going to be the yeah. one that we just said from <laughs> Mandalore. So we can go ahead and what's next on the docket. Um, so I have on here characters that landed this season, ones that you thought were really great this season, and then those that didn't quite make the mark for you. Um, I have mine separated as like great, average, and not so great, but you don't have to necessarily okay. do that. I'm just... What did you guys think about what characters were really good and then what were like, mm, not so much? I think Commander Rex for me was really, um, really broke through. And I think, I guess this is kind of another thing that uh, like YouTube comments and memes have showed me. Seeing how well they played Commander Rex's character development, like really 
they did almost too well because it reflected bad on Cody. It did. That's exactly. I was just like, yeah, in Revenge of the Sith. Like they, <laughs> like he was so emotionally affected that it ended up, you know, like people started trolling Commander Cody in memes because he just <laughs> turned on Obi Wan without a question. <laughs> um, I yeah. noticed that. But I I do think it's interesting how you know they as someone who was involved with order 66 in terms of like in their brain, they, they felt this kind of inability to say no. And yet, you know, you could see him like really fighting with his emotions to do that. And yet still like maintaining like some kind of loyalty to his troops, you know, like even I think it was in the third, the second to last episode where he's talking about like, I'm really proud of my men, even though they're trying to kill us (laughs) seeing how, yeah as a clone he is affected negatively and positively by those events they really tried to contrast that i think because multiple times he would say they really don't care if you kill them like just kill them his loyalty to ahsoka was contrasted with the other loyalty of people like jesse or people the other clones on the ship who were just kind of out to follow orders so yeah i really think um that rex kind of and I think that was a really, really unique well. thing that they played off of how Order 66 affects the clones. I thought that was that was really well done because we haven't really had that before. We we don't know what what's going on in their heads. Yeah, absolutely. The people I thought were not so great. I really well the Martez sisters. Yeah. We've already talked about that. No. Um, we didn't really care. <laughs> but I didn't really like Bo Katan that much either. I kind of felt like Bo Katan just showed up when she needed to be there, and then. We didn't really have much stakes in her after that. What do you guys think about that? Her showing up out of nowhere, I would blame more on the Martez sisters than I wouldn't blame on Bo-Katan. <laughs> <laughs> they had to like force her into that last episode of the Ahsoka arc, so it it did feel no. awkward and forced. So yeah, I I recognize that. And then I said that Obi Wan. I wish we would have had more Obi Wan in this season because I like he just was the classic Obi Wan that Obi Wan always is. The father figure you'll get hurt don't be dumb and yeah. that's kind of like all the obi-wan that we got all season <laughs> and i don't know i felt like for one he didn't have a whole ton of screen time so we don't really we can't really judge him by that standard but i, I felt like even when he was there he didn't he was just more of a mediator between the jedis he was talking to or whatever yeah yeah i think they did that on purpose because they didn't want to move the focus onto him yeah i guess because this was definitely a soka season absolutely like hands down i mean she's the main character for all but four episodes basically so i would have liked that's the one thing i don't i wish i would we have seen more of the the characters we've already seen a lot about i think one thing i i appreciated that they did though was basically not tampering with any of the like iconic scenes from the prequels i feel like they didn't feel like they had to do anything new or add anything to revenge of the sith yet they showed how characters outside of that movie were affected by basically the same event. Like we're we're the hologram council thing that, that is yeah. in that is in Revenge of the Sith yeah. now includes a part where Ahsoka comes in. That's an incredibly cool part because you're holding on to the movie continuity, yet you're adding how someone outside of that movie is affected by this by basically the same event. I thought that was very good. And I feel like that helps with what Blake was saying too, how because of that, Obi-Wan doesn't necessarily need to go through a lot of character mm-hmm. growth or like new motivations, though we might like to see it. 
I think they were kind of like, we're keeping him as close to the movie depiction as we can get him, yet showing yeah. how his moves and events from Revenge of the Sith affect other characters. Yeah. I thought th- I thought they did a great job with that. Yeah, absolutely. So we did talk about The Mandalorian earlier as some of our like favorite Disney Plus show, and this is a podcast about Disney Plus. So I wanted to see how you guys thought something like season seven of The Clone Wars um, compared to The Mandalorian. Is there, I mean, obviously one's live action and one's animated and there's a different age audience that they were looking for. But I remember watching The Mandalorian episode three, if you guys can remember back to uh-huh. December or whenever that was, when he goes to get Yoda back after bringing him back and then the whole flight from the sky of the uh-huh. Mandalorian people. I remember watching that the first time and saying, this could literally be something in The Clone Wars. There were so many bullets it was just one of those epic action sequences that you don't usually get on live action. And so that's kind of like my little comparison there. And I like the Mandalorian connection, obviously, between the Mandalorian show and then the Siege of, the Siege of Mandalore at the end of the Clone Wars. Were there any moments in the Clone Wars where you felt that the action was more intense or didn't live up to the standards of what we showed in the Mandalorian? I think action-wise, Clone Wars did, did great. I think in Mandalorian, action was great. And I think that was one of the reasons why introducing people like Bo-Katan and Gar Saxon made action sequences like that better was because they can just be a role player, but add an element of like advanced skill and strategy in fight sequences that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. In the sense of character development, you don't have to do a whole lot more with them because they're showing you how they're making the Siege of Mandalore sophisticated or they're making it advanced. So it's not just some like ragtag assault. You can believe that their strategy and you can believe that, you know, elaborate fight sequences can happen. And I feel like in terms of action, both fit the bill really well. And I think that that is something that the Mandalorian does, does well, especially in live action. I like how they didn't feel like they had to go all out on the Mandalorian. I feel like you saw this a lot with the animated 2003 Star Wars Clone Wars. I think they just went full throttle with like yeah. like bullets and like men yeah. and just action pieces. And I feel like even this season of Clone Wars and The Mandalorian didn't feel like it had to go all out like that. Because I feel like they understand that numbers of troops or like the vastness of armies or things like that don't make a great action sequence. Yeah. And I feel like both used the materials that they had very well to create a good narrative. Like, I feel like even in the Siege of Mandalore, there are a lot of times where it cuts to like two people fighting and it's not just like hordes fighting each other. Yeah. You, you even got, got a lot of that in like Attack of the Clones um, where it just feels like hordes are fighting each other or like in the Phantom Menace. And so there's, there's not a lot of emotion yeah. there. Yeah. And I think they, they did well on that. And I think one thing, they had the whole like troop of clones at the last episode of the season, but they kind of knocked half of yeah. them out of the battle. So it didn't seem like it was just too many troopers against one person. So yeah, I think they want, they wanted to show like that they were supremely outnumbered, but then they didn't want the battle to, to seem like that. Let me say they didn't highlight all the clones just shooting on Ahsoka and she's blocking all the bullets. I don't think that would have been the best move there. So yeah, like you were saying, the one-on-one fight was kind of where you could really recognize the true action of the show other than a whole bunch of bullets. 
I think one thing that the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian did, well, they had to do differently was they had to find a way to get the audience emotionally involved, um, but they did so in different ways. I think in the Mandalorian, because there's no previous knowledge or they basically made an original story in the Star Wars universe from scratch, they had to make you care uh -huh. about the characters. They had to make you emotionally invested. And I feel like they did that very well, especially with the Mandalorian's character, um, with uh, Cara, Cara Dern, or no. Cara Dune. Cara Dune, that's right. And then, oh, I forget his name. Um, Grief Karga. Yeah, Grief Karga, yeah. I feel like they made you care about those characters very well. And that was how the audience could be emotionally invested in the events of what's going on. But yeah, I thought they, they did well building emotion for the characters. And the Clone Wars used like emotional events that the audience was already familiar with to make characters respond in a way that is emotionally engaging. Yeah. Like the Mandalorian uh -huh. is very proactive with building emotion, but the Clone Wars could be reactive in the sense of there's already kind of some emotion there, but yet they add to that emotion and play with it really well. Cause I feel like you could have made an emotional, that emotional event very dry but yeah. yet they made it affect the characters in a very real way. I think, you know, I have to say that the Mandalorian does the harder job um, because it has to has to start from scratch in terms of making you care about the characters yeah. and making a story that has stakes. But I think in terms of making situations and circumstances in the show emotionally engaging, both do really well. Yeah, so now that we've talked about all three different arcs and kind of the intricacies of each episode... What would you guys say is your score for the season? Like, how would you rate the season on a scale of 1 to 10? And a little bit of why you did higher or lower than, I guess, the 10 score. Yeah, okay. I give it a 9, I'd say. Mandalore episodes carry it, definitely, by far. It's not perfect, obviously, but I'd say the, uh, the Ahsoka's travel episodes definitely bring it down. Because there's a drop in quality, unfortunately. At least I, I would say. Like, we talked about the problems with with the two mm -hmm. the martinez sisters they're not the brightest characters yeah. either i don't know yeah i feel that too luke what would you say out of one to ten i feel like probably i would rate it an 8.5 in terms of structure and like the series as a whole i feel like all of the episodes do the job that they were wanting it to do and that was close out you know a pretty successful animated series in a way that connects all the dots um, I feel like I would give it an 8.5, though, just because some things I wanted more. And I think we were talking about, especially like in the middle, um, the the story with the Martez yeah. sisters, I think, I don't think you would have to take it out. But I think if they ended up making it shorter and adding something else or adding a few more steps of growth and development for Ahsoka's character, I feel like that would have been really beneficial for them. Yeah. And I think going back to what we were saying about People like Bo-Katan or Gar Saxon and even like Maul and Obi-Wan. I feel like we were wanting a little more character development or motivation explaining than we got. But I definitely don't think they did a bad job with developing a story around those characters. I feel like with what they had and in the structure that they were going for, they definitely didn't fail at making us care um, and making a quality narrative that, yeah. that answers a lot of questions. I feel like especially in terms of Maul's life, especially after like the Phantom Menace, I think at the end of uh, season six, we were kind of wondering how he got from 
the place he was at the end of season six to where they saw him in Rebels. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this this narrative kind of answered that for us. Absolutely. I do think that the Clone Wars kind of finds itself in the prequel dilemma in just, you know, who's going to die, you know, where everybody has to end up. And it's basically how do they get from point A to point B? But I feel like they still did some things that kind of kept us on our toes a little bit. I mean, with Maul being captured, I expected him to escape in that second episode of the last arc. I I definitely expected him to just kind of go. And then it wouldn't really matter where he went because as long as we knew he was out there somewhere, he could show up again in rebels. They took a different perspective, especially with Order 66. We knew that Ahsoka was going to live. We knew that certain characters were going to die. And so I think it was just that they took what we already knew from a different perspective. My score for the season, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give it a 9.1 out of 10. Wow, you just had Um, had to point one up, Blake. I had yeah, my notes. I so know. I you say. said like, I got just 9.2, right? You said um, I'd like to amend my score. Now. <laughs> you, con- you convinced me. Yeah. It, d- it is brought down a little bit by the Ahsoka's walkabout arc. I think we could all agree there. Yes. But in the end, what I'll remember from season seven is the Siege of Bandalore. And those episodes are really, really good. And I still look forward to each episode every week. Like I said, tomorrow is Clone Wars. That's what we're doing tomorrow because it's Friday. On Thursday, that's what I would say. I would be like, it's coming up. So we got to make time and figure out a way for it. Get ready. So it was a good season. And I'm sure we all enjoyed getting to see it wrap up a little bit. So thank you guys for coming to answer some of my questions today. And I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation of the Clone Wars. (laughs) Thanks. May the Force be with you. I am the Senate. Well, there you have it. I thoroughly enjoyed getting to chat with Luke and Blake about the Clone Wars, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion. And I've got a question for all of you. Who's your favorite character from Star Wars The Clone Wars, and why? Send us an email at thewdwpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be featuring some of your responses in our upcoming episodes. If you want to stay updated with all of the great things happening with the Walk This Way podcast, be sure to check us out on Instagram at the WDW podcast, find us on iTunes, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Walk This Way podcast. Tune in next time for more Disney magic. See ya!